Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello there. Here we are again. The conclusion of Obi-Wan Kenobi, which came, felt like we were waiting for it for an extremely long time, and then it finished. <laughs> so quickly. <laughs> so quickly. Uh, before you knew it, there was no more hello there. There was just goodbye there. And Ewan McGregor walks off once again into the into the desert where he hangs out now. <laughs> Where he where he lives now, so it was. I mean, up and down, isn't it, with the fans? This one, when I I'm, the only way I break that down is by looking at the ratings of IMDb and um, Rotten Tomatoes and seeing like the waves. It was it was kind of like a. I'm just gonna just gonna reel off some ratings because I find them interesting sometimes to see what like kind of the masses where they sit. So you have the first three parts of this series sit steadily in like the 7.5 range, 7.4, 7.3, 7.6. And then we, funnily enough, the biggest dip we take is the one at 6.3, which was part four, which was on the Sith-like Empire base in the ocean, wow. which from what I remember rightly, both myself and you actually quite enjoyed those sequences. Um yeah. Definitely, definitely didn't see it in my head as the worst one, but it seems to have got the the lowest ratings. But it finishes extremely strongly in sense you get part five, which is an eight, eight point zero, and then the final part, which is a solid eight point five. And and like funnily enough, those eight eight point five ratings, that's very synonymous with the Mandalorian. What that was pretty much steadily achieving from episode to episode. Um, so yeah, it's been a bit of a roller coaster this one. And I must say, there was more of some characters than I was anticipating, i.e. a 10-year-old Leia. Um, and then there was a lot less of characters that I was anticipating, only because they were in the trailer, a 10-year-old or 12-year-old Luke. So, or and uh, a less of Joel Edgington. I thought he was going to be actually a, like a bigger fixture, because obviously he's grown into much more of a household name, so to speak, since his appearance in Revenge of the Sith. Um, but I mean, if we if we're looking at the, the moments across part five going into the final six, we, we get quite a reveal. I believe it's a reveal in part five yeah. where um, we finally 
Reva, sorry, yeah. Reva just went out of my mind for a second there. Yeah. That, uh, <laughs> she is essentially a double agent this whole entire time. Uh, trying to take her revenge on Anakin from as she was one of the younglings. Um, I mean, oh, where where are you kind of standing on this? This was a classic Star Wars setting for part five go, before going into part six, where you've got the Empire coming, you've got the Rebels hiding out, and they just quite, can't quite get to them. There's always like a couple of blast doors in the way. And, you know, it's a very, we've talked about these situations before uh, in Bad Batch and stuff like that, when you just have Star Wars settings, like stuff yeah. that just ha- seems to happen in Star Wars yeah. is what's happening now. I mean, where, where did kind of episode, oh, well, chapter five or part five sit with you? Yeah, um, yeah, the uh, caves of Jabim are certainly familiar um, in terms of a, a last holdout Star Wars setting. Um, yeah, like you know, it, I, I agree. It's, it's, I mean, to, to everything you've said, it's, it's been, it's been a, an interesting series. I think there's been some really good points. I think there's been some points that maybe haven't worked so much. And yeah, in terms of like people's reactions to it, it's been like you know, I've heard like people loving it, um, like dedicated Star Wars fans loving it and also dedicated Star Wars fans not really enjoying parts of it uh, or taking some parts that they enjoy but not enjoying others so it's been a real mixed bag and I think I felt similarly um, in that like and I I think again like kind of (laughs) Reva's character is um, like a character where personally it's she's it's it's been an interesting role having like the inquisitors there and uh kind of having her as a, it's quite a main character um throughout the six episodes and then like i think these last two episodes for me are kind of where it feels a little bit maybe i mean for me it it, it kind of works and it doesn't work in some ways i think reva as a youngling and that reveal as you said was like quite an interesting one i i kind of It'd been hinted at since the beginning because of, you know, the first scene that we have well, in episode one where essentially, you know, we have younglings running away. So we always knew that there was going to be some tie in there. And yeah, and it makes sense as well. I mean, for Reva to, you know, be so kind of force sensitive and stuff. I mean, she would have had to have been a, 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 a training when she was young, a youngling or a, a Sithling. I don't know what you'd, you'd call them if they were young. Sithling. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, and I think in these last few episodes, it's interesting because she cut, it's funny because she seems so 100% for everything, but then her, like, kind of directions completely change, you know. At first, you're like, she's a real dedicated, you know, uh, ally of the Sith, and she wants to capture Obi-Wan and kill all the Jedis and, you know, and really, like, dedicate to that route. And then... Yeah, and in, in you know episode five, we find like oh, it's all a ruse. Actually, excuse me, I got something in my mouth. Actually, it's all been a plan uh, for her to essentially get as close to Anakin as possible, or Vader, I should say. Well, she knows <laughs> it's Anakin because you know how does she know? Oh, she's a youngling. Um, <laughs> and Ill. yeah, so she's kind of been this incredibly talented double agent, but then in the last episode. It's almost like she then flips again, you know, yeah, and yeah, yeah. goes after Luke, which is again kind of like, well, like, like, 
I, I don't know, like, I, it's quite difficult to explain, like, her sort of drive, like, she, you know, especially after Vader and the Grand Inquisitor who makes a comeback, Rupert Friend, your, your, your favourite. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it was, you know, they kind of leave her for dead there. She sees that message and then... I didn't quite understand that part. I didn't quite understand the whole pursuit of Luke at the end. Yeah. And, and again, like, it was quite a strange choice for them to make because, like, we know that Luke and Owen and Baru, like, all survive you know like they're in a new hope so her going after them seems kind of like a little bit empty in a way that like we also know that luke doesn't have any experience or memories of anything jedi sith related as well absolutely like that that's and this is where i find that this series is kind of almost stepping a little bit too much on certain bits of context that then because, you know, again, and like as you said, like with the Luke thing, I, I I feel that with like using Leia as the main character, it kind of makes sense. But I feel that it it's kind of strange the relationship she forges with Obi Wan overall, because then it feels like Obi Wan should be much more a part of the Rebel Alliance, and and you know from this kind of foundational point. But then you know we find him in A New Hope, not at all associated with them, and. And I, I, I don't know, I, I, so I'm, I'm kind of a little bit, I'm a little bit split with this because, again, with Obi-Wan and the fact that this series, you know, throughout the six episodes, we've seen him come back to strength and prominence, but then he just goes back into the desert to protect Luke. Is that, is that what we're supposed to get to it? And if there's an, an Obi-Wan series two, is he going to keep going on adventures and becoming a stronger Jedi or is he going to become more of a hermit? You know, like this is... Yeah, there's just like lots of kind of like like decisions that they made with the writing, which I'm like, okay, I can kind of understand that, but then, you know, like, you know, the original films don't reflect the choices that you're making. So I don't know. Like, I was a little bit like split on certain things. What do, What do you think about that? Like, do you think like certain bits of context were kind of a, maybe a little bit too far, or? I f- I feel it's almost like some bits of it were the wrong way round. You know when you have um, what's his what's the actor's name? Ice Cube's son. Um, uh, his name. Let me have a look. Uh, his name is something Junior. Uh, it was Jackson. Not Curtis Jackson. No, it was uh, oh. something. <laughs> Bear with us, guys. Bear with us. We're just looking. But I mean. In the sense that he he's that classic, probably uh, a character I enjoyed quite a lot, but he's that classic rebel fighter, the one that kind of gets everyone together, the one that kind of bands together. O'Shea Jackson Jr. Um, so he's that classic Star Wars Rebels leader that kind of comes from nowhere and everyone kind of listens to and will get people out of a, a bad situation and is the per- type of people that the rebellion need but like you said we go f- we go so far of taking obi-wan from a situation where he's obviously cut off from everyone he's cut off from the rebellion the fight against the empire everything and we bring him over the course of these six episodes back to being obi-wan like he's with these people, he's planning missions, and he's all he's all the he's all the type of things 
that you have Obi-Wan being in the prequel and predominantly explored way more, obviously, in the animated series, um, The Clone Wars. But I feel it's kind of almost like, like you said, because then he just leaves it all again and he goes back to being in isolation. And I feel you could have kind of done it the other way, where Obi-Wan was still, still whilst looking after Luke or watching Luke, he could have been involved in some ways and still trying to help people out. You know, when those Jedis came to him, like try and find them a safe haven or pass on information to the rebellion to kind of help them out. And then at the end of this saying, like, I've done my part now, I've put you guys where you need to be. I now need to go and focus on this for a time. Um, and and yeah, like, that, if, uh, that's a really it. interesting point. Yeah, exactly. And then maybe he has to go and retreat back to Tatooine to look after Luke because there's that threat. And actually, he's already. Yeah, that's a really good idea, actually. Oh. But it's it's it was just a couple of like there's a couple of story parts which you like you said they they were encroaching. Sometimes they encroached a bit too far in a particular direction. Because when you have when you have this whole sequence that we've never had before, and we've had this relationship build, like even though Leia's character's what she's 10, 12, still young, you would remember this. You will re- remember the fact you've been kidnapped and then the fact you've been away from your family for whatever it was, a week or two weeks. And this person, Obi-Wan, has pretty much been with you trying to help you the whole entire time. You would remember the fact you've been kidnapped by the Siths and interrogated, you know, and all this type of stuff. And Obi-Wan saves you on a mission. And then you go flying out last second from Vader and all the Siths again. So and, and he knew her parents as well, and she knows yeah, that too. So that's yeah, like a really knows, good... it's like the first time she gets that bit of information as well about her mother and her father. So, of which talks about once again encroaching a bit too far because now you've done that, it makes the sequence in a new hope when Obi Wan dies, and Luke is the one who really has the connection there, and Leia's. Like not really too bothered. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, She's more concerned about Luke, yeah. like being upset by the situation rather yeah. than Ron Hurst. So then it puts that like weird, because it's only ten years later. Yeah, like it's you know she's she's twenty or or something like that. So it kind of puts this weird. But you would have remembered. You know who Ben Kenobi is because you reached out to him. So. It's a very that's that's one of yeah. the moments where you're like, you've encroached a bit too far there on that. I mean, to, to be fair though, I will say this: Leia isn't actually isn't particularly sad when Alderaan is blown up either. I mean, like, was, like <laughs> maybe has, Leia has some some issues accepting, you know, bad hey, news. <laughs> yeah, maybe she's just done. She's had a lot of crap that's gone in her life and uh, taken a proper emotional detachment um, <laughs> from really like negative things. And she's like, huh, that's annoying. Um, moving anyway. on. <laughs> yeah. We've blown up your planet, order on, and everyone on it. Oh, God. If this day couldn't get any worse. <laughs> That's a bit inconvenient, isn't it? Jeez. God damn it, Tarkin. I, I smelt your foul stench as soon as I came on board, you cheeky little bugger. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so maybe that's the case. Maybe she's, you know, just a, a few hours of therapy away from a breakdown. Um, so 
<laughs> but you know, there's like there's little things, um, I suppose, like that. But when you you know talking about uh, Raver's character, third sister Raver, that whole pursuit of Luke sequence, it's almost like the sequence that was running alongside it of Vader against Obi Wan was so good it didn't need to be cut away from yeah i, I it, feel like it needed to just be let's just spend time there yeah and it, yeah i agree i mean i feel like you you know it's classic star wars that you know whenever there's a jedi fight going on there's always a larger fight or something else going on elsewhere. yes there's always um, a way isn't there yeah and but in this case it felt a bit odd because again like reva is a jedi or or a sith i should say um and she's fighting owen and baru as well who are like farmers and they actually do really well against her i I actually really like owen and baru in this and like you know and just the way the characters are portrayed and the fact that they are like willing to do anything to protect luke i thought that was quite nice I, i felt that luke maybe should have been removed from that situation to like keep the continuity as the story that we said uh, and maybe they kind of face off against Reva or they trap her or something like that. But it was a little bit like odd, that sequence. And then, I mean, it's kind of interesting because I think with Reva, like, you know, she's clearly this very damaged character. And she seems really sure of her decisions, but then at the same time, she doesn't. And in Star Wars, it's quite a weird character to have that, you know, because usually it, it, there's, I mean, I think, you know, with episode seven, eight, and nine, they go into more of the gray area force where you're kind of on the light side and the dark side and a little bit of both. And But with Reva, it feels like she's just kind of all over the place. <laughs> she, she's d- quite directionless. And I don't think that's fully explored as a character, like, especially because we don't know what happens between her becoming a youngling or her being a youngling to them becoming an inquisitor, you know, that, they, that we, we don't really get much of her, like that backstory and, you know, and, what her drive is really and we never see that um mm. and i think that kind of adds to it that they're trying to build this really deep character with like lots of emotions but actually we're not given that emotional background for that context and so you're kind of like okay she's just she just wants to kill someone really or like or prove herself to someone you know whether it's obi-wan or vader and you know she's kind of lost and i think that context as i said like that would have just helped to explain that you know um but, you know, I, I think, you know, in episode five, there are some some interesting fight scenes as well. I mean, the, the cave scene and her kind of talking with Obi-Wan, that's 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 interesting because it kind of implies that there's something there and that she's not all, you know, all, all Sith. Um, stormtroopers are reliably unreliable, uh, as always. You know, that, that was quite funny as well. Like, at the beginning of that cave fight scene, I'm like, the rebels don't have any cover. Like, shoot them. <laughs> There's like hundreds of you. you know? Like, just <laughs> rain down fire on them, and then you know you'll win. But they, you know, the soldiers are a bit like, oh god, like don't know if I, what did, you know, they're a little bit, a bit hesitant, which I thought was kind of funny. But you know, um... I want to put down the the years and years of stormtrooper misfires down to the manufacturers of the guns. <laughs> <laughs> Rather, yeah. rather than the stormtrooper's inefficiency to finish anything off. <laughs> maybe, maybe the gun manufacturer was like a secret rebel, you know, and he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, just take this batch over here." And oh, oh, they're faulty, faulty triggers. Oh, well, 
<laughs> maybe, maybe Lando was behind the whole entire sourcing of the weapons for the Empire, and it's just a bulk deal. <laughs> the chambers are all slightly bent, so they all slightly go skew off with the laser shooters. Lando, you dirty dog. Yeah. <laughs> nice, yeah. I mean, possibly, who knows, you know. But um, another character as well, which I, I thought that she would meet her demise, was Tala. You know, um, she, uh, you know, had that kind of admirable death scene where she, you know, blows herself up with a thermal detonator and... and well, you know. well, hey, we get to see a thermal detonator in action. Yeah. Finally. All yeah. Star Wars is people threaten with them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is always a threatening kind of weapon, like, hey, hey, like... Hey, thermal detonator. Ooh. <laughs> oh, yeah, they didn't use it, it's fine, it's fine. Oh, those thermal detonators. But, um, yeah, I thought that was kind of... I, I, I had to say, I, I did expect... I, I felt that, like, out of the well-known kind of actors in this series, that she was the one who would meet her demise. Because, again, she was like that, kind of playing both sides. She, um, again, quite a well-known face, but, but perhaps maybe not someone who'd want to be in the, in the show for a long time because she's in lots of series as well. The actress um so i felt that like you know at some point she'd she'd go down well and she she did go down well i mean you know she self-sacrifice you know you can't you can't knock that you know standing up for the rebels and the jedis you know? so yeah. um and then you know and then we kind of you know get the whole kind of reveal of the inquisitor the, the grand inquisitor not being dead and and reaver and vader having that fight as well um which um Again, was there's obviously a part within your body um, that you can easily recover from a lightsaber going through. Uh, yeah, it's because both the Grand Inquisitor and Reva pretty much had a lightsaber go through them, but they survived. So Qui Gon was must have been just really unlucky with the positioning of that lightsaber because uh, he was just one one and down. Yeah, that I mean, was it, <laughs> maybe Darth Maul was like a real master at like placing a lightsaber stab. You know? Yeah, like, yeah, maybe it was. Yeah. They're still training, but um, yeah, I, I mean, what did you think of that whole kind of? So we all, and of course, in episode five, we see the whole Obi Wan Vader training sequence, and and that, which again, which was a nice little insight into their lives, you know, in the old, you know, Republic, and and just you know, Bob Vader as Anakin in slightly happier times. Can't say he was that happy, but. Mm. Again, interesting. But and then like Vader's power coming through. I mean, what did you think in episode five of like his whole power thing and like pulling the ship out and beating Reva? I mean, what do you reckon? Like I mean, like so the interesting thing is there's the similarities in the things like we've seen before. So obviously Vader stopping the ship is what we've seen before with Ray uh doing it in the um the rise of Skywalker. Uh, so it it's it's good to see Vader use his power. Um, I would have still liked to see when he has to face off with uh, Raven, the third sister. I understand it's the whole... I massively like, obviously, the Force, using the Force lightsaber fights. But for me personally, I like them to be more separate. So when it's a lightsaber fight, I really like them to get into it. And just because it's just it's always a spectacle to watch, especially when it's the, the top ones fighting against each other. So when you've got Darth Vader, when you've got the opportunity of Darth Vader, I would have just loved to see more lightsaber. And he obviously 
yes, he's extremely powerful with the force, but it, there was only so much of the little hand gestures uh, of moving stuff up and down and around <laughs> where I was just like, just use the lightsaber, man. Just stop. <laughs> <laughs> stop doing like popping and locking just use the lightsaber bring that back in uh, <laughs> but like i understand they are they obviously want to show like him a different level to everybody else so i i kind of get that aspect and they also want to show um there's it's just different ways of doing it i guess and i put it hand in hand when you see vader scene at the end of rogue one like that double use of the force and lightsabers works really well. And sim similarity, it was very much the same as Luke Skywalker in The Mandalorian at the end of season two. Yeah. Season one, season two. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it got to a point with the Raven fight where it was, it was getting a bit too, it went a bit too far and it went a bit too poppy and locky on the dance floor kind of move see i mean some i'm sure somewhere somebody has put some music to that <laughs> yeah there's definitely a remix in it on youtube yeah and just just like the sam people in uh in the new hope with him being on a loop just going back and forth doing the same thing someone's probably done that with vader <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i mean i i i was i i like when they use the force like that but mm. again, sometimes I feel that's like, especially with newer Star Wars uh, kind of films and series, and they they go a little bit like full hog with the horse with the force. I was going to say with the horse. <laughs> um, full hog um, with the horse and the force. Yeah, horse force in the Rise of Skywalker. They've got horses and forces. <laughs> <laughs> that's a horse force if I've ever seen one. You know. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I feel that like with Vader, they, they, you know, they, it's weird because you have something like Rogue One where, as you said, like he's kind of using the lightsabers and the force and it kind of works and stuff. But then, you know, seeing something like this where he's able again to pull like a ship out of the sky and like rip it open uh, and then like carry, you know, people's like kind of lightsaber and like, you know, fire away, blaster fire as well. I mean, he can really use the force for like so much. And sometimes I worry that it's almost like, okay, you're, you're clearly making him out to be, he's incredibly powerful, we know that, but you're making him out to be so powerful that then things like the Rogue One fight, it's like, okay, why didn't he just rip the doors open then, you know, there, and like pull the ship back and, you know, not have the rebels escape, you know, like, if he's that powerful, you know, it starts putting things into like a slightly new context where you're like, okay, now his decision making in these other situations doesn't really make sense if he's that powerful in this situation you know and that's kind of again like that slight context that i worry about where they kind of go a little bit too far to the point where it's like okay well now you've almost put him into like a different sort of power range and it's difficult to justify other choices he makes you know in in the classic canon stuff um so like and I, again it, it, it's similar like so I'm, I'm just kind of currently watching the, the you know the, the the fight between um vader and obi-wan in the final episode and again you know there's a, like a lot of it's i mean we'll we'll get onto this fight you know as a standalone because you know how can we not talk about this for hours really um 
But yeah, so I mean, I, I think it's interesting. I, I think what does help balance that that Vader power out is the is the Obi Wan and Anakin training scene. In mm. that, clearly, Anakin is like just all about the power. You know, he's just he wants to dominate people in fights, in force things. He's just he just he's just angry and he's just wanting to. You know, it's just all about the power for him. Which again is kind of a little bit frustrating because. <laughs> In classic canon, Vader seems really cunning as well, you know, and I and that's probably what happens as he gets older. He becomes more cunning, he becomes more wise in a way, in like an evil way. Whereas now, it just he just seems again still kind of like a kid who's just really wanting revenge, um, which makes sense, of course. Um, but it, it's yeah, it's just as I said, it's kind of like an interesting way to like highlight how strong he is by essentially. I don't know, going so like over the top, you know. Um, it's a really, it's a really good point because I feel it's something that maybe isn't really addressed, but probably should be because when you see him do stuff like that and stop that ship and rip it apart, it's almost effortlessly. There's no strain to it. When you see Ray do it in the Rise of Skywalker, there's a lot more strain and effort. And when you see I almost like you get it when you got Vader and Luke fighting and he Vader like rips some pipes apart and throws them at thing or or the classic Jedi rocks. Everyone loves to lift stones with the force. Um, but when you take it to that level. Then it's almost like it's like it, in a superhero level, you've taken it to Superman. Yeah. So now if Superman has restrictions, they really have to be unbelievable weight of a restriction to stop them reaching that level again so like perfect example there yeah when he gets it because there's he's clearly trying to get somewhere in rogue one and essentially he could have made that process so much quicker so i i almost feel that there should be a rein in with the force expectations when it comes to live action more so to the level of stopping ships and things like that i think that should be almost like at the highest level of strain yeah to, get to that level because then otherwise it take it takes them if they get too powerful there's just no point to any of it to a certain extent is there because you're always like well i mean he should be able to just win this there's there's no yeah. real, there's no real hardship here for him to overcome of any sort and actually he's, you know he's at that level and the fact that he does pull out that ship out of the sky mm. and then it just ends up actually being a trap as well which i don't know how the hell they kind of predicted that he would pull out a ship so they would need two ships to fly off you know that that, that was a little bit strange again because it's like okay wait so one was a decoy ship but then and no one was on it because you knew Vader would pull only, it out. The only Obi Wan could have possibly, yeah, no, something no. like that. But then also, I feel that the, I know it's nitpicking sometimes, but I do feel he could have just stopped the second one. Yeah, uh, <laughs> when he when he saw it. So I feel what you the only way you could have broken that is if you had Vader come in and actually like strike a lightsaber at that exact point. That could have been like a really completely break yeah. his concentration. 
Yeah. Because otherwise you would have just thought he'll be like holding that ship and sees the other one and go, oh, it's that one. Yeah, yeah. Move to the other hand and just pull that one down. Or launch the, the ship that he's holding into the other one or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. And I, I think, yeah, like, I don't think that that scene is completely necessary. You know, like pulling, like it shows that he's powerful. We get that. But it's like, it's for no end. And no, almost you should have, you should have, seen the ship already too far too far away yeah and then you maybe he tries, show like, his anger yeah. in him ripping parts of the base you know absolutely but yeah no, then, no, like, no. I, I agree like maybe reva coming in and distracting him would have been you know maybe she and that could have made her like her character a little bit more heroic in a way you know that she because she's we know she's gonna i mean we see that like just after she takes on vader and it's like, okay, good luck. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that that scene was a little bit. I mean, as soon as I saw it, you know, like, like as you said, it, it, I, I just thought, oh, that's Ray in, you know, in the Rise of Skywalker. That, and again, that was criticized at the time as well for being like, whoa, okay, Jedi's can now pull ships out the sky. You know, I mean, you know, which again puts them on like a whole different level because you know you have Yoda like. You know, concentrating and pulling an X-wing out of a swamp. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. As, as Yoda, you know, but like here we have like you know ships flying into space, and you have you have Luke the same thing. We get we get Luke literally in the Last Jedi doing it. Yeah, or maybe in the beginning of the Rise of Skywalker, in one of those two films, he does it as a Force ghost. But even there's concentration there in the same level that Yoda does. So it's like really channeling everything they have and they're like almost to do it in slow motion. And that's with the ship not pulling in a different direction. Yeah. And, so and, uh, and, well, and, our and, conclusion and, is keep the keep the ship stopping to a very minimal. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Stop the right ship, first of all. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but second of all, yeah, I, I just don't think I just don't think it was really needed. You know, I, I think. It, it like we already know that Vader is super powerful, and you know, but we don't need to see him like pulling down a ship and ripping it apart because then that makes it a little bit like okay, as I said, like it just throws up too many questions really in regards to his power and and also like just the abilities of what the Force can you know can give you. Um, and then like I mean, that brings us on to uh, like Episode Six, and I mean we have to talk about you know the big fight. Obi Wan versus Vader. You go first. What were your thoughts on on this whole sequence? Firstly, setting. I mean, there's so many things to say in this, but like putting it almost into bullet points, and you're like, setting, great, huh. landscape, great. Like the coloration of the sabers on the dark backgrounds and everything, great. The uh, the kind of almost like the rawness of it compared to the last fight at the end of revenge of the sith this is so much more like animalistic raw kind of like they both have their abilities and skills but almost this fight is driven by something else it's driven by a mixture of anger it's driven by like despair and it's driven by kind of failure there's like so many different things that this fight is driven by and um i can't fault it 
because it it gives you various different it almost gives you sometimes the height of revenge of the sith because that lightsaber fight is just ridiculous but it, I think it gives you so much. Just the, that could have been the whole entire Obi Wan series could have been just that fight, and I think people would have been satisfied because not only is there the spectacle of watching it, so just just the enjoyment in the moment of of actually watching it and watching the fight and the choreography and everything, but then there's the moment. There's the moment of the Anakin and Obi Wan brief interaction before he goes back to Vader, and that color that like slight use the only time i remember it being used in such a way like this was in the force awakens where you see you see kylo rim become ben solo briefly and then you see the darkness of the shade go over him and then him going back to being kylo ren and you see exactly the same in this instance you see the light allowing almost the last parts of Anakin to break through at that moment just to admit to Obi-Wan that you didn't fail me like you should and essentially you know just that one line is essentially like you you shouldn't be beating yourself up for this you should you took on this task you did everything you could possibly have done this outcome still would have happened regardless of what you could have done the only person that failed it's like I failed myself you didn't like take Anakin away. Darth Vader did. Who is now me? And then light the color, and it gets dark and red again, and all that. So you have that change. So I think everything. There was there was only one thing I would add as an addition to that fight, and it relates to the end of the show, us finally finally seeing Qui Gon Jinn as a Force oh. ghost. I feel that Force Ghost moment is in the complete wrong moment of the show. You see Obi-Wan clearly trying to talk to Qui-Gon and must have been for years, as Yoda said he would teach him. The moment I feel for Qui-Gon to come into this is when Obi-Wan is buried by all of those rocks. Absolutely. That's the moment he comes in. That's the moment he gives Obi-Wan that extra thing he needs to take him to that next level to like break all those rocks to go back and beat Darth Vader to the point of like nearly taking his life like that's that's the Qui-Gon moment not to come along right at the end and just say we got a lot to chat about in this desert like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like after all of that build up that's the moment he comes in and also it's such a weird interaction for those two to have because literally the last moment they're speaking to each other is him saying you have to train him you have to train the boy like this is my like dying wish and then he comes back and goes well you do a crap job of that like he doesn't <laughs> reference that and Obi-Wan's like where have you been for the past 10 years I've literally been asking you every day to pop up now you come now after all that when I'm literally now just going to go and sit in the desert for another 10 years now come I don't need you now needed you like a week ago (laughs) at the very least WTF on Jen Jesus (laughs) so like that's the only thing I would change that fight that's the addition that I would add I just feel the Qui-Gon force ghost when it came in at the end, it was almost like, well, I think the moment's passed, Qui-Gon. I think, <laughs> I think it's passed. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it, it's funny to say that because there is that scene when, you know, when Obi-Wan's still on the ship and he tries to reach out to Qui-Gon being like, 
what should I do, Master? Like, I feel like I should go and face Vader. And he kind of makes that decision himself. And that's another point where I feel like Koygon could have appeared and been like, mm. you know, what you have to do or something like that. Just like it's a brief thing. And then, but I completely agree with you that actually when he's in the rock pit, that would have been a really great moment for Koygon to be like, Obi-Wan, you know, you know, you know who he is, you know how to defeat him. Um, and you know what, what to do to overcome. That would have made a really, I agree, that, that would have been a really poignant point for Koygon to come and, and really. It didn't have to be a false ghost, could have been just the voice, could have been just the voice. Absolutely, yeah, exactly. Just like, and, and a way to like kind of justifies, justify like Obi-Wan's return to the battle because I like, I, I agree with you. Like, I think the battle was shot very nicely. I think I, I really like the location that they chose for it. Um, and the fact that it was in the dark and they had both their lightsabers and kind of, you know, against the black background, it, it looked epic. And I thought some of the fight choreography was actually really great. Um, between the two, it, 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 especially with the kind of precursor in episode five of that training scene. And, you know, they kind of go quiet at it then. And then now it's like, you get it like a lot more. Um, I had, I had, you know, friends telling me that it was one of the best lightsaber fights they've ever seen. And, you know, you, you can't fault it. It really is quite like, you know, an epic fight scene. Um, I think for me, the, uh, so like, again, like the, I like the way that like Vader buries Obi Wan. I was almost kind of surprised by when Obi Wan starts launching all the rocks at Vader. Again, like that was one of the kind of moments where I'm like, is that a bit too far for his force ability to then kind of pick up all the rocks and you know really launch them at Vader and Vader, and then Vader to be kind of so much on the back foot that. I, for me, that this is kind of the point where I was a little bit like, I'm not sure how to take this, which is essentially Obi-Wan beating Vader, like mm -hmm. so definitively. That for me was like, again, like a very, so it's an interesting choice to make. I'm not entirely sure if it's the right one because, you know, the thing with Vader is that he's like menacing and scary and he's, you know, kind of mysterious and undefeatable in a way. And I, I felt like in that scene, he... I mean, I know they have like the kind of there's you know they have this kind of like long fight, but I I don't think we should have seen Vader so defeated. Mm. I mean, you know, maybe a little bit. Yeah, you know, if we his mask had been damaged, that's one thing. But I mean, he really is at the point where Obi Wan should essentially you know kill him. Yeah. And 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 again, like I like some of the dialogue between them. Like as you said when Anakin says that I'm the one who, or when Vader says I'm the one who killed Anakin and it's like sort of a redemption for Obi-Wan, I thought at that point it's like, okay, well then you should kill him because he's even admitting to, your, to you that he's no longer Anakin You're like, there's no reason to keep him alive he is just, you know a, a Sith Lord and he and will... you know he's going to do worse by not yeah. stopping him I mean, that, he's a that, really... that, that's one little little problem I I did have the fact that he left him to survive. Yeah. I feel like if you're going to leave him to survive, there should have been a prevention. There should yes. have been tie fighters coming in or something coming in to stop the next, you know, yeah. the next step of just taking out completely. Because y you would have known, as Obi Wan says multiple times, that he's just going to keep coming or whatever. You know him as a character. If you know Anakin's completely gone. 
you know it's only going to be bad by leaving him there. And, and he says that. He says, you know, uh, well, then, you know, my friend is no longer here uh, or yeah. something to that effect. And and it, it's 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 like, OK, well, if that's the case, well, why don't you dispatch him then? Because, you know, he's just going to continue, like, you know, spreading the Sith throughout the galaxy and terrorizing and oppressing people and destroying planets, as we see later on, and committing genocides and all sorts, you know. And I, I said so that again, for me, it was like, and as I said, like for me, seeing Obi-Wan defeat Vader so definitively it, when Obi-Wan has been not training, you know, he's just gotten his kind of like strength back. Whereas on the other hand, Vader has been ruling, dominating, killing, you know, ripping planes out the sky and, and really just, you know, his force ability is incredibly heightened. It felt like a bit of a mismatch for then Obi-Wan to as I said, to win so definitively, it, it almost feels like it, it kind of doesn't make sense. It, it should, I, I feel that they should have left it on, as you said, like some sort of intervention or Obi-Wan escapes or something separates them. You know, something that doesn't, because I think putting Vader into that point, it kind of makes him less menacing and less scary and less of the sort of, he doesn't have as much gravitas. You know, because in A New Hope, when he comes in, like, I mean, this is one of the, the most glorious things about Vader is just him, his presence in the room, you know, in A New Hope and in the original trilogy all together. It's just, it's so menacing and so intense. And you don't know whether he's going to strangle you or throw a lightsaber at you or just, you know, stare you down, even though you can't even see his eyes. There's, it, there's so much gravitas to his character that I feel that, like, seeing him defeated in battle with Obi-Wan after Obi-Wan's just regained his powers kind of again lessens him as a character in a way you know in terms of that menace and the grandeur that he has and the power that he has it's like oh he got defeated by obi-wan and, and obi-wan has been training for 10 years and and he can't even speak to his old master and you know, it's like it's like i I, feel like I, just, I think catching them at this point it was almost like too much of a result for obi-wan to then and also just then just walk away as if like okay, well, I'm, you know, I've done my work here. It's like, no, you haven't. <laughs> Actually, like, you should dispatch him. And and and, I, 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 and I'm not entirely sure why, they, why, why he kept him alive in the end, because, like, it, it's not really... Is that the Jedi way, just to let, like, evil survive and then prosper, even though it's your old mate? It's like, I, I, I just don't feel that, like... Like, if Koygon was... You know, Koygon probably would have... Like knowing Koigo, he probably would have just been like, "Yeah, no, just take him out, and and then we'll sort it out later." You know, like yeah. find out later, you know. And so that that for me was a bit like, uh, so I don't know if I, I like that, you know. And I feel that like maybe in like the next series of Obi One that you know they'll probably revisit that a lot. But I'm actually kind of a little bit tentative on what the next series of Obi One will hold. You know. Do you think there'd be another series? I mean. I feel like there will it's be. Build as a limited one. It's build, um, you know, because you know, because you know, they, they bring kind of. Because boy, does he age a lot in ten years. Absolutely, you know. I mean, you know, they've got to justify that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like bringing back characters like the Grand Inquisitor, for example, as you said, like Rupert Friend, he's quite a notable actor and things like that. For him to kind of die at the beginning of the series and then come back at the end, it's like. I feel that there has to be a purpose. And also we see Palpatine talking to 
to Vader at the end and, you know, about the plans and what's going to happen. And I, 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 I feel like there will be like a second series. But then, like, yeah, there might not be. I mean, like, ultimately, like, they, I, feel, they, I feel if there is, it has to go the Vader route. Yeah. It has to, it has to, but it doesn't have to be a hundred percent all out Vader. But I almost feel like everyone's waiting for an Empire series. Yeah, a certain extent. You know, a Doctor Aphra series is obviously a character known from if you read the comics. But I feel that's what. If you have Hayden Christensen, and you have him willing to put, he's obviously willing to play the role and be Vader then use him like do 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 a Vader series you yeah, know that, that would make more sense and also then also like someone like Reva because she doesn't die at the end either no and and she's kind of going to be floating around and actually again like the fact it that automatically it gives you someone to hunt straight yes, away and absolutely. there's also there's also always Ahsoka yeah absolutely yeah that too yeah 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 um, and I, again, like I think with Reva as well, like because she, this is another thing with the Empire. Like if Reva has gone back to Tatooine for some reason after this confrontation with Vader, wouldn't the Empire want to like know why she's kind of gone there? You know, like I don't know. I I, I just feel that it's just like a lot of things that kind of are maybe not completely like fleshed out. Which because like the fact that Reva kind of. You know, we don't know what happens to her, but she knows that Luke is alive on Tatooine and that she goes after him and stuff. And, like, like where do we go from there with that information? Like, does Reva just go and die or does she go back to the Empire? I mean, we know that she's, like, chop and change, you know. Um, but obviously Vader knows that she's a double agent, so she probably can't. <laughs> and he probably assumes that she's dead, but she's not. You know, this it throws up a lot of questions. And for me, it felt like there, there might have been, like, a... Yeah, there could have been a second series, but then it, it wouldn't make as much sense, you know, as, as we kind of said, you know. It, it, I, I really like your version of it, that it should have been done in reverse, that Obi-Wan was still part of, like, setting up the, the original Rebels, and then he has to retreat back into the desert, you know, to protect yeah, it, it didn't have to be, like, fully into it. Yeah. It could be, like, covert, you know, under the, radar, under the radar type thing. Yeah, smaller missions, and... And maybe actually, you know, maybe when Leia was... Or just passing of information, or just, you know, you're help, yeah. having some kind of influence in some way. Yeah, and maybe... Do you think this was the right age for Leia and Luke to to be at? Like, because as you said, like, there's issues with, like, only 10 years later they meet Obi-Wan again, and Leia obviously does not remember him, and Luke doesn't know anything about the Jedis and and that whole thing. Like... Perhaps maybe if they were younger, like if they were five, you know, it would be more justifiable that. I mean, obviously you can you can't really make characters out of them because they're too young in a way. Well, I feel I feel the series could have just happened without them. That too. You know, yeah. yes, we could have done a five years down the line, and we just didn't need to include them, so to speak. Uh, I mean, include them in the fact that they could be in the storyline, but they didn't have to be the storyline. Yeah, yeah, it could have been like a different princess from another planet who Obi Wan has to save on a mission. Or, but... or, or it could just be like, you know, I guess there's different ways of doing it, isn't there? But it could quite simply 
of um if if you had that obi-wan was still kind of involved yes he was keeping a watch on on luke but if he was still kind of involved and he was still involved in the force then maybe he would have just known if something was going to happen on Tatooine and he had to return maybe he did little missions and that's how he got caught out but and then when he was on the run he just wasn't on Tatooine so they never knew that's where he originated from yeah uh, so I, I feel I feel they you know you know they've diced with it there by popping in Luke and Leia such a prominent amount of coverage and content yeah pushing yeah. them into the storyline so strongly like I said, because it just brings up those questions that we had at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, it is. It was an interesting choice, but I, yeah, I agree. I, I don't, I don't know if it was the wisest choice to make. And I also like, like we know. I mean, you know, we know all these characters. Do they have to be together all the time? In a way, you know, like in every film, like. That does yeah does Le- does it have to be Leia who's being saved by Obi Wan you know and also whilst he's looking over Luke and you know that kind of gets it 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 does beg that question that you could just tell the same story but with Obi Wan and different characters you know and actually I love those kind of stories you know those kind of like side stories of like Obi Wan in the like you know in in this kind of like middle period where actually you know he is fighting the Empire in you know, he could have been fighting the Empire in, like, a smaller way and, like, with a, a very interesting mission. And you could have done all sorts with those characters where, yeah, you had, like, force sensitive people or, or more Siths and stuff. And, and and it doesn't step on the original canon stuff so much because you just don't have, like, yeah, Leia, Luke, and, and, and like, all the characters we know and love, they're kind of, you know, in different forms, really. So maybe they should have just played it a little bit safer in a way and done more of a... But, yeah, so I, it's it's an interesting choice, but yeah, as we've kind of said, it feels like sometimes it it's it throws up a lot of questions. Yeah, as Star Wars fans, you're like, wait a minute. There's, there's always questions. You oh, know. we always say it. And like at the end of it, you know, we dissect it, we go through things, we focus on certain things, we don't focus on other things, all because we love it anyway. You know, so I wouldn't have said no to this series coming back even after watching all this series because regardless of what happens, there's always going to be bits that, me and you will think a bit too more about and and question certain things for happening but at the same time we get a lot of bits that we love um so like you have to give it to you mcgregor was great in this series all the actors were great in this series deborah chow did a great job because there's some really beautifully directed sequences across these six episodes so and i think it was the right idea to have one director kind of have their vision um from beginning to end so well, I mean, we're just we're we're still lucky because Star Wars is being made and it's being made at a, a level, or f- or frequently, to a point that it never has been before. So, all of that stuff is great. We just might have changed a couple of little bits of the story. That's all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, and you're, you know, you're absolutely right there. That there is so much like to kind of enjoy in the series, and it's definitely worth a watch. You know, just to kind of you know enjoy it. Um, as we said, you know, there are points which are questionable in the story writing. You know, I had some issues with some of the acting earlier on. Um, but like, I think, you know, overall, it's actually been like fairly entertaining, you know, and, and yeah, as a, as a, as a fan, there's stuff you definitely like stuff you can take away from. I think, I think, yeah, just sometimes like 
when it comes to the like the fan fiction stuff, maybe it's better left a little, you know, kind of a little less really, or just open up a new world really in in the infinite galaxy that is Star Wars really. <laughs> And hey, we've got season two of Bad Batch to come. Uh, we've got more Mandalorian to come. Um, so it's all gravy. It's all gravy. <laughs> all aboard the gravy train. All aboard the gravy train. See you in that galaxy far, far away very soon. <laughs>